fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age, everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Good morning, everybody. John, I've got a couple of questions for you and an answer, too, and we have open phones for the most part this hour, unless we hear... I love questions. ...from either Jay Brady McCullough from the L.A. Times, covers USC football intensively, has been putting out lists and writing articles. Once again, Jackson Dart did not practice yesterday a quarterback battle between Dart and Slovis that was supposed to play out apparently hasn't, and that Slovis almost by default will would be the starter yes. again unless Dart yes. suddenly feels better in the next day or two. I'm told that Dart won't play. I, Doug came in and said it's, uh, that Rocky had called him and said, well, it's too bad that, that Dart's not playing, and I guess Rocky's son saw it somewhere on some website, but then Josh, our social media guy, was looking around, uh, Josh Grossman mm-hmm. and said, no, I couldn't find anything on social media. Cause uh, when, about Dart status? When Dougie yeah. comes in the room, he says, Dart's not playing. And right. I'm, first thing I say, where did you hear that? Yep. And it's got to be confirmed. that yes. That's not good enough. No. I cannot, Doug, I love you. I'm hearing I love you, it's Doug not good Blair. enough. I respect you, but I would not then say when Doug comes in, Dart's not playing. Right. Scratch off of my chart <laughs> right. in my notes. Jackson Dart not going to play, and then come on here and then say Dart's not playing. Dart's not playing. I need more, Doug. Yes. We always yeah, need absolutely. more. And you tried to find more, yeah. And Josh couldn't find it. What I'm finding, and you can't find out everything. Who, who knows whether he's going to play yet or not? It's still only Thursday. The game Saturday night, but the L.A. Times yesterday at the end of practice filed a story saying. He didn't practice, and that their head coach, interim head coach Dante Williams, has been saying darts day to day. Slovis again may and is likely, based on all of that, he hasn't practiced this week. Likely to be the starter Saturday night against the Beavers. I think that actually is better for the Beavs on a couple of fronts. John, you got something new? Yeah, here's an article. I, I didn't see this earlier. Uh, here's the headline. USC football interim coach Dante Williams' mom on status of uh, Jackson Dart knee as Keaton Slovis takes first-team reps. The quarterback competition at USC might be over before it even started. Jackson Dart did not practice Tuesday after the freshman or sustained Wednesday. the injury. Yeah. <laughs> interim coach, yeah, I think it's back to, we really don't know yet. No, the, artic- the article that- is intimating, though, that he's not going to play. Well, the art- and that article was Tuesday. He didn't. And then yesterday, yeah. the the latest that I saw, he didn't. And well, we'll, we'll, although, be, we'll be looking later today to see. Today if, matters because right. Williams said Dart would need to practice this week in order right. to play. Yeah, just you know, Cristobal said that about uh, Thibodeau, uh, and other coaches have that yes. policy where if you don't practice, you don't play. Couple of things on that. Slovis has clearly slumped from the 2019 season. Even last year, he was not as good. He 
The, the, I read a story about a throw, and, and we have open phones this hour if you'd like to jump in and join us. 497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line to react to anything we've been talking about. We have guests next hour, Nigel Burton and Brandon Iyer. Nigel, who had the Beavers-Idaho game and is uh, a regular on the Pac-12 Network's pre- and post-game shows, game analyst at times as well, defensive coordinator for Jesuit High School, as I think uh, Nigel's trying to ramp his way and work his way back into to being a coach, of which he's been a very good one, a defensive coordinator at Nevada, secondary coach for Mike Riley and the Beavers in some of Oregon State's best seasons. So, Nigel, former head coach at Portland State, I'm not, I don't fully understand, completely grasp why he isn't fully back into, you know, collegiate football coaching, and it's not a subject necessarily we'll bring up with Nigel later today. I, I've never had a conversation with him about that, but we'll talk about the Beavs in the Pac-12. So, Nigel and Brandon, next hour here on the Joe Beaver Show. In the meantime, open phones the rest of this hour. But two things on Slovis. He slumped. One of the articles I read suggested that in a in the extent of his shoulder problems, which he had last year, were never more manifest than in the Pac-12 championship game that Oregon beat USC in, that Slovis mm-hmm. tried to throw a ball away, yeah, tried to get the ball to the sideline, just get rid of it and throw it away, and didn't have enough arm strength to get the ball thrown mm-hmm. away, and an Oregon player intercepted it, turned out to be a key moment in the game yeah so just never the same so the arm strength he's, he's not been taking deep shots down the field a lot of low uh, underneath flat check down intermediate stuff whereas dart came in and graham harrell was able to open things up and he throws for 391 and four touchdowns does jackson dart so twofold just the practical what kind of physical ability does keaton have right now he went to work in the offseason with Tom House. I also read the quarterback guru, former pitching coach, which is an odd life that Tom House has had. Friends with Pat Casey and Ron Northcutt and others through the years. But House, a pitcher and pitching coach, ends up being a guru to football players in terms of mechanics because the mechanics of a pitcher and a, and a quarterback considered in theory to be very similar. So that's why you'll see football players. Yeah. Um, baseball players throw football. Baseball players throwing footballs in the outfield sometimes. So all of that, Slovis has worked on his mechanics. Yeah. But the storylines this year early, what he he's not looking particularly good. good. So I think you have a twofold thing there. One is, if Slovis is the guy, maybe he's just not physically as capable as the the freshman phenom who came out and took the world by storm in Pullman on Saturday. And secondly, then I think that has an effect. On the everybody being fired up and charged yeah, up again. Yeah. We are SC. We're back. We just scored 45 on end, and now uh, we don't uh, have our quarterback. Right, right, right. I mean, I think it's twofold. The practicality of Slovis maybe not being as physically apt but or the ready. the best shot they have. And just that, how does that affect the overall, yeah, that uh, upsurge of I confidence? Know. Is that dampened a little bit? You look for everything, and those are two absolute, I, I agree with you. So let's go to Rocky. We have open phones, and I do have a question. Don't let me lose the fact that I have a question for you. And you've already answered it once off the air, but I'm going to ask you on the air because I still don't think you know the answer. You gave me a good answer. Well, I I know the answer. Now you do? I've always known the answer. (laughs) Let's go to Rocky on the Joe Beaver Show on the Downward Dog phone line. Hello, Rocky. Hey there, guys. Uh, My uh, my son kind of informed me with a call 
early, early today, before I even got up, about the quarterback situation there of Dark uh, being hurt and stuff. And so I just kind of came up with a thought that what we have here is blood in the water and we're the sharks. Well, that's true. Let's go. <clears throat> that's I mean, true. And there's other factors too, Rocky, I want to get to about this matchup this year at this time. I mean, it's still USC and we all know right. the history, but this looks like one of the best shots since 1960 to go in there yeah. and get a win. Yeah. I think we're still, I think we're under the radar still. Yeah. Oh yeah. No if doubt. You look at what Purdue did against Notre Dame. That, that was a winnable game. It wasn't like, yep. um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think if we have the right mindset and go down there, put a lot of pressure on because whoever's the quarterback, if he gets a lot of pressure, I think that's going to cause problems. Hey, Rocky, after the show yesterday, you called. Thank you for listening. You called. Did you make any contact with the proprietor at Kraken, Thomas Poole, or are you planning? I, yeah, on? I, I'm going to, but I just haven't had the time. But I, I thought I'd go in there and and talk shop with him and yep. stuff. Maybe I might have some stuff he wants. And maybe he has some stuff I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hey, Rocky. I've got a lot of stuff. I, I've got complete sets of tops cards that are in really, really good shape, good corners and all, and mint or close to mint, from sets from late 60s through the 70s and into the Ooh, 80s. wow. Yes, he will want to speak wow. with you, no doubt. Wow. Hey, Rocky, what yeah. was the time period of your store? Uh, let's see. Um, it was, I remember, I'll, I'll relate it to the uh, the coach. It's Craig Thorpe was the coach when we had it. 84. Because my, so. son, my son was hanging out. Just, we got to go, and I was doing a lot of uh, uh, work with Beaver Club and stuff, and so I won a couple trips where I could take my family on the plane with the team to uh, Nebraska and Stanford, and Jake got to be really good friends with the Sanders twins and okay. Esther Tuolo. They actually communicated for a number of years after Esther was in the pros and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was one of his favorite players, and and a number of the other ones, Swanson Kid, I think from Lebanon, and and uh, so on. But I have to tell you a real funny story when we were coming back from the Stanford game, and okay. <laughs> it has to do with. Uh, Chafee, Mr. Chafee, yeah. uh, Pat's father. Okay. And so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. So <laughs> that's <laughs> roughly, the, the Craigthorpe era is 85 to 90, and is that roughly correspondent with your shop yeah. those years? Yeah, okay. the late 80s. Okay. Yeah, 88, about 88, uh, 89, 90. Okay. So three or four years there on Grant Street. and. Hmm. We had bought a, a house for a rental, and on the front of the house, it was an old grocery store because Doug told me he used to go to that grocery store way back, and it was just a small little privately owned grocery store. And then so we, we it was empty when we bought the properties, and uh, we turned it into a card shop. We had big showcases, you know, big glass cases and stuff, about five or six of those. And, and then we had a big sign on the roof that said Banner Sports Cards. Wow. Interesting, Glad too, Rocky, that, that it's so up and down. For a yeah, time, yeah. it's hot, then it just it disappears, and, and it just comes in waves. Yeah. We were lamenting Doug and I yesterday on the phone about how, when he went to college, and I had the same experience, how his mom threw away his whole box of, <laughs> of baseball cards. <laughs> he was thinking, man, I got thousands. Yeah. 
That's a story as old as time. It, it seems as and though then, yeah, and I ahead. had the same experience when I went to Oregon State. My mom sold a huge box, like an apple box, of really top, top condition comic books. And I hate to tell you this, but I had the first issue of Spider-Man. Oh my gosh! You mean throw it yeah. away? No, Just no. number one, the first, the very first. Yeah. Wow. Now, I there are as many people who claim stories like this as attended the 1967 three nothing game. The numbers <laughs> well, well, well into the millions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Rocky. Good yeah. talking to you. Uh, Okay, Johnny, the question. And, and I ask this only because, you know, maybe tomorrow when you and TJ can have a two-hour fresh look mm-hmm. rather than just a little segment. He, he could answer this question easily, but I said to you, John, I have a question for you when I sat down here a while ago, and you said, go ahead. And I said, who is Nick Diaz? Well, he's a he's a uh, a backup cornerback on USC. Oh, okay. Your first answer was better because it was <laughs> the truth. I have no idea. You said I don't know. I don't know. Now here's my question. I figured it out in context, but Jim Rome, who I respect, I like Rome, and I like his show. His interviews are tremendous. Great guests. I enjoy the banter. I enjoy his banter. I'm not so big into clones and yeah. smack talk. I'm Stupid. just not. It's not my my style, my world, I don't care for that. But Rome himself is very bright, funny, intelligent. His stuff makes me laugh out loud sometimes. I mean, I like it. I like a lot of the shtick. He opened his show today, Thursday afternoon, yeah. Thursday morning for him. <clears throat> his op- entire opening segment, I'm listening and trying to figure out as I'm driving, what's he, wh- what is this? What's he even talking about? Uh And so that caught me up a little bit. That here's Rome, who's about 58, 59 years old, in that range. Not that, I mean, he's about 58. He's he's 58. Okay. So either he really likes, is that UFC? I mean, I I don't know. Nick Diaz is fighting somebody named Lawler or whatever else. I, I know nothing of it, nothing, and care. Not a whit about it. I'm, and I'm trying to I, figure I, out as I'm driving, if he does a whole open on a Thursday with college football, the NFL, yeah. Major League Baseball, is he speaking to his milieu, his target audience of 25 to 34 or yes. 19 to 34 or whatever? Because I know nothing and don't care about it. So I just wonder. My if son and his friends. Would know and care. They do. And they go to bars when there's big MMA fights and watch them. Okay. It, like we did way back when to, to uh, big fights. Okay. Although there wasn't as many big fights that we would see as there are MMA fights that they're seeing now. He's really into it. He gets the guests on it. You know, he's, yeah. he's funny about it. I, Dana White's a regular on his show. Now, did Conor McGregor throw He must have thrown out a ceremonial first pitch. I got a text. He sang the national anthem at a Cubs game. Or sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game, or, yeah, which is the same the thing. <laughs> no. He, he threw out a first pitch and, and led Wrigley yeah, and Take yeah, Me Out to the Ball Game. Does awful. that mean Wayne Tinkle did, too? Did Wayne lead? Well, I don't know I mean, about is that, that part of the deal? I, we didn't even ask Wayne that. I know that. that McGregor sang because I have I heard it. it, yes. But I don't know about if it's connected that you throw out the first pitch and you sing. We need to know from, from Wayne. Yeah, that's a good, that's a follow-up to 
the experience we talk. I mean, is that just part of the package deal? If you throw out the ceremonial, you're also leading us and take me out to the ball game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But I get a text from Ron Callen saying Conor McGregor throws out horrible first pitch. So, <laughs> I, you know, I assumed it was a Cubs game at Wrigley. That's all the information yeah. he gave me. Yeah. That's all I knew until I heard Rome on a riff and other people yesterday yeah. That it was so bad, it was good, and now the key in throwing out ceremonial first pitches is to be horrible. With well, it. it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as because the morning guys played played it and and played um, uh, Mike Ditka, <laughs> hilarious. Ditka singing it. He more like he yelled it. <laughs> And he it, could get away with anything yes, in Chicago for and a while. He, was, he yelled it in tune, okay. but he just take yeah. me out to the ball game. <laughs> I got a command. Yeah, I'm really demanding was, that you I take me out. I think he was out. trying to sing. Okay. It just came out as a yell <laughs> and a command. And then there was another one that they compared it to that was really, really so bad that it was good. Okay. McGregor's was bad. It wasn't that bad. I've heard a lot worse. Oh yeah, it didn't sound oh, that low. Well, what's the no? Um, you know, who's the guy that... Ozzy Osbourne. Bad? Terrible. <laughs> he was terrible. And the guys are going, you're a singer. You yeah, should right. be able to do this better than this. And 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 uh, McGregor was, was pretty bad. But, it's, you know, there's been worse. A lot worse. Well, I guess as we go to break, and when we come back, I want to get into... I, so Nick Diaz, the answer is he's a fighter? I guess so. Okay. And, and he's, got a big fight. he's got a big fight coming. <laughs> it's a really big fight. But the question then is, is simply, is there anybody in this, you know, world, I get it, but is there anybody listening to, oh, yeah, Nick, yeah, of course, I, anybody that we're talking to that follows that and cares about it, the only reason I ask is Rome spent his entire open on it. So is that just simply a demographic appeal? I don't think so for him. At this point, he's become a fan. He cares about it. He yeah. likes it. He has the guests on. He, he obviously clearly, truly enjoys that, and I'm just wondering if anybody in our little neck of the woods here, our little bit of the world, also does, oh, yeah, I think it's great, it's entertaining, and I love it, and I'll be watching that fight, and anybody? If so, please text us on the University Honda text line or call and say that's one of the things you appreciate about Rome. He may be 58, but he talks to the 28s. He's got a, a nice breadth of... Uh, experience within his audience and he appeals to all sectors of it. And that's what makes him the great Jim Rome. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I was driving along and it took me a long time to figure what, who, what, who's he talking about? <laughs> what, what is this? I don't, I, I don't want to watch it because they, when they slam their legs together, they break and it's happened twice. Really? And I, I don't want to see that. Okay. I just wonder if it's a, if it's something, anybody in the Joe Beaver show audience listening right now, wherever you may be on the live stream, or is that something that exerts an appeal for you? Maybe even against your will early, you've checked in with your son, your, your whatever, you've watched, a, you know, I can see, I can see the appeal. I, I mean, that's all I'm trying to figure out because the estimable Jim Rome himself spent his entire open today on it. And that just kind of grabbed my attention. When we come back, back to USC for a moment and the Beavers in USC. Are the storylines that you're reading, just the trajectory of the two programs in this season, giving you some semblance and measure of hope more maybe than ever for a trip down there to try to come back with a win? If so, on what grounds? What are your thoughts? 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. 
Nigel Burton himself will share some thoughts next hour about that opportunity. We appreciate you joining us today on 1240 Joe Radio. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timberhill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. There it sits, in the corner of your garage, or heaven forbid, in your house. It's taking up space and costing you money. It's your old traditional water heater. Hi, this is Katie Albin with Albin's Plumbing. Why not replace that old dinosaur with an energy-efficient tankless unit that provides unlimited hot water without the expense of heating a big tank? At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the glass man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 at Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. Power Motorsports September sale is going on now. You'll save on new select Yamaha vehicles. And whether it's on-road, off-road, or on the water, Power Motorsports has the Yamaha you want at the price you deserve. Like the all-new 2021 Yamaha YZF R3. This legendary superbike is a track and street favorite. It's on sale now for $59.99. Or the new 2021 Yamaha XSR 700. Built for fun and performance. On sale now for $89.99. Start your ride at Power Motorsports in sublimity. Online at powermotorsports.com. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. We're going to head to the great north in a moment. We have open phones at 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line, the same number. Grateful to hear from uh, Thomas Poole, who joined us yesterday as uh, the proprietor of Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis listening today. 
they open at noon. But he references Nick Diaz, Thomas does. Nick yeah. Diaz is a UFC veteran, classic fighter before UFC went mainstream. Fans love him. I said, thank you, Thomas. Are there UFC cards, and how popular are they? He writes back, yeah, there are now. They're getting super popular. They sell out so fast. So it's a whole it's a, new world. It's a world we know nothing of. It really is. By the way, if you're into movies, there's a great UFC movie. It's just a standalone great movie. It stars Nick Nolte. Um, who's the guy that played uh, the Batman character He with the mask on? Uh, he's in a bunch of movies. He plays the bad guy. Then there's another oh, co- okay. couple of stars in there. Great movie about a family and UFC fighting. And mm. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. Okay, well then, but it didn't convert you into a fan of the genre no, not of the at sport. All. Not at all. But, okay. but Tommy is the name of the character. And he, I'll just say this. He's angry and he's mad. They're Both sons are, are UFC fighters. One's a teacher now. He doesn't do it anymore. The other one is brother Tommy. They were both wrestlers growing up. And they're mad at their dad, who's alone. The mom died. Um, and the dad, of course, is Nick Nolte, who has all kinds of problems. And this Tommy character hasn't seen his dad for years. He comes in. Basically, he goes in to fight in some tournament. And he comes in. He busts through the door after they announce his name. He stops. They say, all right, go. And he just goes, boom, boom, done. Walks out of the, walks out mm-hmm. of the arena. And the crowd goes nuts. And everybody's going, who is that guy? Who is that guy? Right. And it just, it's great. And he sings, take me out to the ball game like Mike Ditka, evidently. <laughs> uh, 497-5356, if you'd like to join us on the Joe Beaver Show. We're going to go to Dave in a second, but a quick soundbite, Dave. You'll, I think, appreciate this. <laughs> in researching Dante Williams, I've also researched the Coliseum renovations that Petro alluded to, and they are Is huge. It in the release? It's not in the release, brother. Okay. No. But I've, I've got something on that as we go. But Dante Williams, this is we're going to hear his answer. We'll have a quick explanation as to why. When asked, he was asked after his first victory when he took USC up to the Palouse and they pounded the Cougs 45-14, some writer or whatever asked him after the game, who was the first person you called after the win as the interim head coach for USC? Here was his answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Riley, I mean, you name a few, so. Mike Riley, I've got a chance to talk to, uh, Doug Nesmeyer, uh, Joel Thomas, uh, shoot, Matt Rule. Uh, so, I mean, quite a few guys that, you know, I've, I've got a chance to talk to and, you know, Tony Dungy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm real happy and pleased with, you know, just communicating with guys and continue to learn and get better. It's an interesting answer, but the first name that he mentioned, and he yeah. mentioned him twice, our own. Mike Riley, Mike hired Dante at Nebraska. Mike's and got, you know, Mike Mike's got a good eye. A I lot mean, of his, his ability to evaluate and so on. I, you know, and we're going to go to we're going to go to somebody here in a second who has taken some exception to that through the years. However, I think again, history is going to tell that maybe Dave and others who had angst and issues and frustrations are going to look back over the long arc of Oregon State football history and look at that with more appreciation. That era. I hope so, anyway. I hope he's already doing that now a little bit. History is already told. But, well, uh, he may not be ready to say that yet. But but that was nice of Dante. Yeah. Who'd you call? Mike Riley. Yeah. First name. Because he appreciates who Mike is, and Mike gave him an opportunity on the Nebraska staff, and that was in 2017, four years later, 
He's leading the Trojans out of the and tunnel for the first time Saturday night at the Coliseum. Ironically, he brings up Doug Nussmeyer, whom we were just talking about, yeah. the local kid from Lake Oswego who went to Idaho. It was last week we were talking about it because he was an Idaho guy and uh, has had a very good, long career yeah. in the pros as a coach. Okay, Dave, that's your intro. That's your setup. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, thanks uh, thanks a lot, Mike. Um, well, that's quite a Rolodex that uh, Coach Payne has. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting network, and that wasn't my reason yeah. for calling. But let, but let me just respond to the setup uh, that um, uh, I think, Mike, just reflecting back on things in my own take historically, I think I can honestly say that my biggest argument, most severe criticism, was that Coach Riley, who, by the way, just to digress for a second, I think you ought to try to get on the show love from to. time to time. Yeah, would love uh, to. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's hard to do or yes, a remote project. It's hard. But uh, <laughs> if you can't, if you can't get Jerry Kramer, try to get Mike <laughs> Riley on. Okay, <laughs> we'll try. But, he, but, he, but here's my point, Mike. Then I'll, I'll get to Jim Rome, which is why I really mm-hmm. called. And that is, I think my biggest criticism is that he refused to make changes to his staff that he was willing to make when he was elsewhere, specifically in Nebraska. And my criticism was less of Coach Riley than the people to whom he reported because they failed to exercise the proper stewardship of the program to insist on changes to keep the program improving because it's a well-known axiom in life generally, certainly it it applies in sports. If you're not improving, you're retrograding. Mm -hmm. And that bottom line, Mike, was, was, that was the essential argument I tried to make. I never called for him to be fired. I only asked other people, including Oregon State football fans, to have higher expectations of the program than they displayed because they got overly contented with that with, with that level of success, which indeed, in retrospect, was 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 higher than what what we've become accustomed to later. But that's my explanation. Okay. Of myself. Hey, and Dave, however convoluted and no, flattering that's not. I appreciate that, Dave. I appreciate that. Consistent. I mean, you you know, you're not just now suddenly backing off and saying, "Well, I guess I would." No, no. You're you're maintaining a certain. Here's why I thought and still think what I think about that particular era and certain aspects of it. But before we get to Jim Rome, or, and I want to also mention Adley in context with Kraken cards, too, here in a moment, but <laughs> and it, it's all connected. But that's why I feel like I don't want to put too much on this any more than when I to, I've told this story before, Dave, when I interviewed Dennis Erickson going into the USC game at the Coliseum in Dennis's first year in 1999, the Beavers had gotten out 3-0 and and were opening conference play at USC. And I just thought, wow, here's Dennis. We've got the man. The Beavers are 3-0. and We're going to SC, and they look a little vulnerable. And I kind of just, in the interview, Dennis detected a tone in me that I thought we could go down there and win. <laughs> and, and so at the end of the interview, when the interview was all over, turned the tape recorder off, sitting in Dennis's office, he looks at me and he says, Hey, just want you to know, this isn't a make-or-break game for us, Chief, (laughs) he says to me. (laughs) Which told me, hey, now look, if we don't win, we're going to be okay. You know, I mean, we still have a a good team. But he could tell that I was thinking, oh, my gosh, here we go. Beavers are, you know, that must have been the line of questioning. Hey, 
for you guys to come out of here 4-0 to get the big win that we've been waiting for since 1960. Coach, what are the things? And, and I could sense he must have thought I thought we were going to win that game or should win the game. And, that, that's an interesting yeah. story. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. And Go then ahead. two years later, we should have won the game and didn't. But anyway, oh. the, the point being that uh, I probably put too much on that 99 game, and I'm, I feel like I'm tempted to go that direction here now in 2021. In terms of what I feel like a win down there, I think it's possible, Dave, more maybe than ever, and feel like, now I'm not going to go should, but I feel like this is a real chance for the program to take a big step Saturday night. No question, Mike. And I don't recall you ever telling that story. Uh, it's very interesting. And, uh, uh, and it, it just typifies what, what I have long suspected to be the case, Mike. Is that at, 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 at your own intersection, when you're no longer the voice of the Beavers, it would be a delight to have you be a guest on your successor show, telling those stories <laughs> that because you were with the company, so to speak, you could never share. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, the, if Oregon State wins Saturday, it's uh, it's one of the biggest wins in program history, and certainly the biggest in Coach Smith's history. Yeah. And so it's absolutely it's, it's absolutely huge. And as I said when I called in a couple of days ago, we got a chance. Uh, 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 things are unsettled. New coach. They don't know who's going to quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have we have a good chance here. And by the way, I heard at the Atlanta. This is kind of very discursive call, Mike. Uh, before I get to Rome, ultimately, I hope I heard at the Athletic Club this morning. And maybe the message was garbled. But have you heard anything about the Coliseum being made over to uh, an automobile course, uh, a dirt track, or something this winter? Now, are you hearing that from me for the first time? Have you? I heard you that. picked up on this? John's got something on it. I, I know nothing of I, it. I read something about a race that's coming up to start a season, and it will be in the Coliseum. And I didn't know. I It was just a thing that I read and, and passed by. But you're on to something there, Dave. Yes. That, that that would be absolutely wild. That might almost be. I'm not, I used to go to the races at Watkins Glen all the time. I don't anymore. That might be worth going down oh, just yeah. to say you saw an auto race at the Coliseum. But let me finally get to my point for calling, because I'm just sitting here reading, following John C. Fremont's uh, path into the block, Black Rock Desert, Desert on the way to Pyramid Lake, and I hear you talking about Jim Rome and mm-hmm. Smack Talk and all this other stuff. Here's what I think is going on. I mean, I've always liked Jim Rome. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can be like a broken record. I mean, he keeps going back over to the same thing, and he just he – just, he just, the one time it was he he brought it off flawlessly was during the Vuvuzelas during a soccer match, <laughs> and my son and I were coming back from a Beaver game in Boise. Mm-hmm. Who knows what year that might have been? Two thousand six, two thousand eight, and he was just doing the thing with Vuvuzelas, and we were just we were laughing so yes. hard we were crying. Yep. But what's going? But Rome is under a lot of ratings pressure from Pat McAfee, his podcast and his uh, broadcast on the Mad Dog Sports Radio, which I, I never listened to McAfee. I can't stand the guy. He's vulgar, <laughs> too much braggadocio. But but uh, but McAfee's given Rome a run for his money, and so I think, and, and of course, McAfee, who, by the way, for whatever reason, and I never heard the backstory, you might remember, he was featured on College Game Day a couple of years ago, and he suddenly just disappeared mm-hmm, one day mm-hmm. uh and so so i think that's the context within which uh, uh jim rome is uh is, he's having to calibrate 
uh, his uh, market appeal with that younger audience, which no, which no question, McAfee is just knocking out of the park with the young guys, 18 to 40, you okay. know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mad Dog Russo, who I listen to after you guys go off the air, uh, he, he kind of appeals more to the aging baby boomer types like me. Mm-hmm. And he had a just absolutely brilliant riff the other day about how these young people, or modern observers, think that uh, the, the best players of all time are playing now. And he just he went on a 40-minute <laughs> rant, which if you can track down somehow, it's just epic <laughs> classic radio, talking about the great Steeler defenses, the mm-hmm. great Raider defenses, the great Packer teams. Anyway, so so Mad Dog Radio, as a channel, has to kind of bifurcate its audience. They do McAfee mm-hmm. in, in, from 9 to noon, our time, and then Mad Dog comes on at noon to 3. But it's like listening to two different channels. But yeah. the state, the corporate powers that be are, are trying to get that mix. And so, uh, so it's just a very contested environment out in media. I don't need to tell you two guys that. Well, Dave, and, and closing before we turn you loose, and thank you for the for the call again. But it, you know, the question that I asked John would, based on listening to McAfee or Rome or anybody else, if I would have said to you this morning, "Hey, Dave, nice to hear from you. Who is Nick Diaz?" Would you have had a ready answer? No way. Okay, not, not a bit. Which is ironic in the way, Mike, because as you would know, because you're a larger, you're a, you're observer of cultural patterns, more generally put. Ken Burns' epic documentary on Muhammad Ali is now running on public television. Yes. I haven't, I'm going to watch it later. I've got some other stuff going on, but, but I'll catch up. But, but if you, I'm just a little bit older than you guys. I followed every Ali, Frazier, Foreman fight. I mean, it was an important part of life. Yes. And uh, it, it's just, uh, it, I don't know if it's my age, whether it's the temper of the times, whatever has happened. I don't follow boxing at all. I mean, it's just it's just a part. It might as well be on the far side of the mm-hmm. moon. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if there was a boxing match across the street, I probably wouldn't go to it myself. But uh, but there was a lot of drama associated with that sport at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's all uh, dissipated and and the cage fighting thing. I, I it's just uh, I just can't get into okay. it. I, and it's the... just an alien circumstance for me. And Dave, I speak to you now in closing. Thomas Poole, the proprietor of Kraken Sports Cards, also texted me last night, and he said, thanks for having me on the show. Just want you to know, next time we talk, maybe we can talk about the Adley Rutschman phenomenon and how hot he is in the sports card world right now. Mm. Well, as you know, Mike, I've got Adley's uh, signature on my College World Series tickets, my scorecard that I have for the championship game. Uh, and I'm hoping he's successful for any number of reasons because I like him as a person. The fact he's in the Orioles ecosystem, uh, maybe that'll have some. Uh, I have to. I'll have to bring those items down to the store someday, yes. just to show them off. And of course, I've got the stake that I planted in the ground after that 500 foot <laughs> home run he hit against That's Washington right. State yep. University yep. in 2019. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, the Orioles, are, they're going to finish with the worst or next-to-worst record in the major leagues this year. They, they, they're, 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 every night's a new heartbreak. But the thing is, Mike, what I take comfort from, it's a young team. They're going to have another high draft choice. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, if, they had, if, they had consi- if they had consistent pitching, they'd have 20 or 30 more wins. When, uh, but they get the hitting, they don't get the pitching. Mm-hmm. They, sometimes they get good starting, they don't get relief. 
if they put those people, there's some good young players on offense. Uh, I, I think it, Adley, when he gets called up, probably mid-April next year, late in April, because they're going to they're going to want to roll the clock so he does so that the 2022 season doesn't count towards his six years. Uh, so we'll probably see him in the big leagues by late April of next year. Uh, I, that team is actually closer to competitiveness than the record would indicate. Just Beaver Nation, to those of you out there who care, trust me, as someone who listens to Orioles games, mm-hmm. I have to take a, I have to put an extra inch of Crown Royal in my glass <laughs> to get through it some night. Uh, but uh, anyway, that team is closer to competitiveness than the record would indicate. So he's not going to be isolated in a desolate arrangement there. I think there's actually some promise. Good to know, yeah. Dave. We got to go. But before you do, here's some information from a listener. NASCAR exhibition race at the L.A. Coliseum, February 6th, 2022. There you go. We'll see you down there. If the, maybe the Beavers are playing in L.A., <laughs> let's make a roadie over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put that on my itinerary on the way to surprise. And yeah. We need to talk more about baseball, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys go. Okay. Thanks for giving me the airtime. Thank you, Dave. Let's break on that note, Doc. When we come back, a quick look at yeah. Ooh. We can be lazy. I, I, I certainly am quite capable of laziness. Even in the midst of busyness, you can still be lazy and not do the kind of work you need to do. And in this case, when we come back, I want to share in what manner specifically I'm talking about with respect to USC. And again, why I'm feeling a little bit better. It's partly because I I just believe certain things all the time. But in da- taking a deeper dive, as I did this morning, through the Athletic and its channels on USC, again, I'm thinking, eh, this is the best look in a long time. We'll talk about that next on 1240 Joe Radio. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. There it sits in the corner of your garage or heaven forbid in your house. It's taking up space and costing you money. It's your old traditional water heater. Hi, this is Katie Albin with Albin's Plumbing. Why not replace that old dinosaur with an energy efficient tankless unit that provides unlimited hot water without the expense of heating a big tank? At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. 
Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon. Serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show. If you can hear me, John got it right this time. Let's give him a hand. I miss Mr. Page. I do too. Great voice, no longer with us, but he did a lot of those uh, Get Back liners and the Tailgate Show liners. Oh, they were so good. And he was a friend of Derek's who, who does all of that now. Yeah. Derek makes me laugh out loud on some of those Get Backs with you guys on the Tailgate Show, which, by the way, what time are you on Saturday? 3.30. 3.30. 3.30 Saturday afternoon from right here in this studio. And then uh, road games I love because, I mean, I love home yeah. games more, but it's just that there's, there's a feeling about it when you, you do your work and you know you've got two hours, get all the chips and pop you can. And, and go, settle in. And just settle in, knowing you can just settle in, be comfortable, and then go to bed after the it's game. A good it's a thing. wonderful thing. It's a good thing. And Petros will be on the call, so it'll be entertaining. Yes. You'll get he feels like he's been shut out of all things USC. Yeah, that's kind but of strange. But if that's true, he Tim wouldn't T- be in the Tim release. Tim Tesselone in the release. What do you got there? Read that out loud. Fun fact one, two, and three. Fun fact one, uh, two. Petros Papadakis, the FS1 analyst for this Saturday's USC Oregon State telecast, was a three-year Letterman tailback at USC. He co-captained the 2000 Trojans. He should have put in there about his dad, too. Because yeah. That's a... Petro seems to be offended by he was a two-year letterman, you know, yeah. just not enough on yeah. on Petros's dad. But but I'm glad to see that there's an acknowledgement of yes. him beyond just he's the analyst. You know, every release puts in who what networks carrying the game and right. what announcers are doing the game. They did throw that fun fact in. Petro said when he was bidding farewell, he said. To me, he said, enjoy the Coliseum. I hear it looks really nice of the yeah. renovations. And just hearing that, I, I hadn't been to the Coliseum since 17, so I've done the research on that. The L.A. Memorial Coliseum underwent a $315 million makeover. Whoa. And got it ready for the 2019 season. $315 what did million. They do? Well, here's what they did. Every seat, every seat in the stadium was replaced. New suites added, 600 video screens throughout the stadium, uh, new suites, loge boxes, club seats, a new press box, a new concourse, new lighting, updated Wi-Fi throughout the stadium, and new electrical and plumbing systems throughout the peristyle-famed uh, entrance, the peristyle yeah. end of the field restored. Leg room has been added in many sections. 
$315 million, no public money, funded by USC and United Airlines and private donors. The original idea was to call it the United Airlines uh, Coliseum. But the veterans in the L.A. Memorial Coliseum Uh was built in 1923 as a tribute to World War I veterans who gave their lives on behalf of the country in fighting in World War I. Built in 23, commissioned as a memorial to veterans in World War I. And the, the outcry over United Airlines Field or United Airlines uh-huh. Coliseum, credit USC and United, I mean, they backed off of that, even though United spent a pretty right. big amount of money. It's now United Airlines Field at yes. the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, as it should be. I thought I read that somewhere. Okay, so they did give them the field yes. moniker, which the Rose Bowl had a lot connected to it too and we didn't really use it that often they would on television telecast but uh i'd be curious to know what the locals think about you know anybody who went there knows it saw the upgrade now goes to how much better is? i'll give you a sense i mean i'll have my first experience in it since 17 a place i've been going to since 1967 off and on obviously but quite a few rams and trojans games growing up in the late 60s into the early 70s have always enjoyed the building for the sentimental reasons sure. that you know we all That's attach like to the home. venues. Exactly. I had a question for you off the air and and about Traveler if they still run them around. I the think horse. they do. I think they, they don't do. show it on TV. Yeah, I, I think they do, but you're not. Sure. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Well, but I thought I read about the Saturday. return of Traveler this year. Oh, because this year. because there were no games last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. he didn't do it last year. There were no fans in the stands, and so just running them around. Okay. So I think he is. I think he is. Good. Now, I'm glad they keep that. Tra- that's a great tradition. Yeah. It's just they don't show it on TV. USC will still get off the bus and come through the tunnel, Johnny, and yeah. in a sense pass the eyeball test yeah. and, quote, look better than the team they're playing almost all the time. Well, think about this. Not to interrupt, but think yeah. about this. When... Talanoa Hufunga was playing at Crescent Valley just four or five short years ago. He was, who's that guy on the high school field? He played that way. He dominated. He did virtually anything he wanted. He would get interception returns for a touchdown. He would score a touchdown every time he had the ball when he was the quarterback. Just you name it, he could do it. A man among boys. Well, he was a five-star athlete. Or four, I can't remember. Imagine the entire team is that way. Well, right. And most... But here's where, in, in just simply sort of accepting the narrative, well, USC's always got more talent than anybody else in the conference, period, and that there's an end on it. Well, Bruce Feldman and Antonio Morales in The Athletic have done a very long article for this week, headlined, How USC Crashed a Friggin' Ferrari of Talent and What It Means for the Next Head Coach. Now, they still have that. Just, you know, description of the talent. It's, yeah. a, it's a Ferrari of talent that they argue they've crashed it right off the cliff or whatever. But partly, here, here's one of the, it's a very interesting article. And again, we highly recommend The Athletic as something to subscribe to. A former Trojan player who now works in the NFL, quote, after describing the Pete Carroll run, an eight-year stretch where Carroll finished Seven times in the top four, two national championships, and five other finishes in the top four. The Trojans had 16 first-round picks, 10 more than USC has had in the last eight years combined. Mm. 
Clay's a nice dude, said a former player, but he had no edge to him. They took advantage of him. Pete was a grinder. He was a big personality and was fun, but he was a disciplinarian. He had Kennedy Polamalu and Ed Orgeron. Those guys handled the discipline. They were tone setters. Pete managed his staff in a great way. That's what they need to get back to, someone who can capture the team in the city, unquote. Then another of the former assistants, now at another school, speaking off the record anonymously to the athletic, quote, he, referring to Helton, he had guys on the staff he didn't let recruit at all. Said one former recruiting staffer, quote, coaches on the 2018 and 2019 staffs didn't recruit. They didn't care. No leadership. Acted like it was a country club to hang out rather than compete. It was 1,000% laziness. Wow. Quote, unquote. Now, that's a wow. That's a wow to get that kind of acerbic commentary from a former assistant at USC on that staff about that time. Yeah. Making those comments about what helped. But the point is, while they still, although one year they didn't, one year the Beavers had a recruiting class that was better just yeah. a couple of years ago. Now USC bounced back from that, and we're back in the top ten. But they had a year. The point being that the recruiting cycle for USC, while still always good, generally speaking, is not as good. Right. And thus, again, the playing field, is it a little, is it a little more comparable this time around for the Beavers to go down there with whom Jonathan has gotten in the portal, whom he's recruited through diligent work with his staff, is the playing field a little bit more comparable and closer to legitimate, uh, giving the Beavers a legitimate shot? I think the answer I to that so. is yes, maybe more than it has been in a lot of other years down there. I sure think so, and I hope so. Yeah. And that's uh, Saturday. Now, we'll talk more about that. Look forward to visiting with you and Nigel next hour. Okay, please. Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. I'm Jim Chesko with your money now. It is a second straight day of sharp gains for U.S. stocks with those gains fairly broad-based. The Dow Jones Industrial is up 552 points currently, above 34,800. The Nasdaq Composite's up 165. The S&P 500 ahead by 61. The summer quarter for BlackBerry wasn't nearly as bad as feared. The cybersecurity and Internet of Things company late yesterday reported a smaller-than-expected adjusted per-share loss, and revenue, though down from a year earlier, was better than anticipated. In response, BlackBerry shares are soaring 11.5% today. Well, now that Stitch Fix has debuted a new way for shoppers to buy clothes, the online styling service must use the coming year to market it to the masses. Stitch Fix has been known for its subscription offering, which sends customers hand-picked bundles of apparel and accessories. The selections are guided by the company's AI. Now, Stitch Fix is extending a direct-buy option known as Freestyle. U.S. oil prices rose sharply today. That's your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, 
Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask... Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all. Whether you're on the offense, the defense, or the special teams, maybe even the third-string punter, Woodstock's is pizza for all. With over 36 fresh toppings to choose from, six sauce options, three crust options, also gluten-free and non-dairy options, and delivery to most of Corvallis. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis truly is pizza for all, even third-string punters. Who is the Beeves third string punter? Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change at Antec, we are looking for you. Antec is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the Careers tab. We're excited to meet you. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another Golf Minute to help you bust your driver longer. Much like baseball players, golfers who want more distance off the tee must make a lateral leg drive through impact. One of the best ways to do this is to set more of your weight behind the ball at address. A good swing thought might be heavier on the rear leg and lighter on the front leg. Many golfers do the opposite and lean towards the target, resembling a batter getting ready to bunt. Setting more of your weight on the rear leg at the start lessens the need to shift there before the downswing. In effect, it presets the leg thrust in the swing, which can add an amazing 20%, you hear me, 20% more distance to your drives. Wow! So remember, if you want to hit those big drives, set more weight on your back leg at address to hit it longer, and you'll have not 20%, but 100% more fun playing. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com. Plan benefits may vary. Are you looking for a rewarding new career? Join the United States Postal Service and apply for roles nationwide. Serve your community with pride and receive benefits including competitive pay and opportunities for advancement. Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal positions, we have options that may be perfect for you. The United States Postal Service is an equal opportunity employer. Apply now at usps.com careers. Time to enter the Magic Kingdom. Denise, would you kindly clear the wheels? Okay, here we go. On three. One, two. Tweets and texts, faces and books. Tweets and texts and faces and books. Seems like it's more about FM and color TV. In such an age as this, is there any room left for something as simple as radio? We believe there is. Touchdown, Beaver! He's got a chance to go! 20, 15, 10, 5! Touchdown, Beaver! Back in the end zone! Caught! Touchdown, Beavers! The Joe Beaver Show is on the air with Mike Parker and John Warren. 
two men on a mission to prove that AM radio is a viable and modern source for news and entertainment. So gather the whole family. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you don't have one, fret not. I'll have the management send you up a radio. Be a part of the triumphant return of amplitude modulation. This is the big one, boys. This is the one that brings us back. Soon, AM radio will reign king once more. <laughs> it's the Joe Beaver Show on the home of the beavers. Cool, cool. Beat, beat. Kill me! 1240 Joe Radio. We head into the second hour. Nigel Burton will be joining us in a few minutes. Thank you for the text on the University Honda text line, 541-497-5356. Kind of coming back around to some of the business from earlier. Wilson texted. He says, good morning, guys. Everybody calls me Wilson. Nice to meet you, Wilson. He says it's his first time texting. Yes, there are a lot of UFC fans in the Corvallis, Albany area. He says, stop by Game Time Bar and grill the next time the fights are on. The crowd is always plenty and always exciting. UFC is not for everybody, but there are millions of fans, including some of the Joe Beaver fans. I'm glad to get an answer oh, like yeah. that, John. Yeah, Thank you, Wilson. doesn't surprise me. Thank you very much for the text. It's a popular sport. It's just not for me. Well, again, not, not only so much not for me, although I will say I haven't given it a fair shot. It's one of those things where I've seen highlights here and there and thought, eh. Not I, for me. I'm honestly, I'm okay with everything they do. I just don't want to see two legs smashing and breaking. And it's the odds aren't aren't good that that's going to happen. But it's happened twice, and I don't want to see that. Just like I don't want to see a snake. I don't want to see two legs shattering each other. <laughs> Outside of that, I love the kicking, and the wrestling, and the punching, and all of that. It's great. I just prefer boxing. Old Dubai, uh, George, I got you, and he doesn't he doesn't appreciate the. And we've had it for, for many years now. He, he, he wishes that we wouldn't let Tumwater say, uh, express his frustrations about Mike Riley through the years. And he also says, it seems like Mike Parker agrees and doesn't cut him off. Old of I, you know me better than that. <laughs> in fact, the whole lead up to even bringing yeah, him in. Yeah. No, I don't agree with, with the general take on Mike Riley at all that Dave and others have had, that it was an era of, you know, settling for whatever or not achieving enough. I just, I think, again, at the time, now, yeah, there was some slippage at the end. And Brooks Hatch put it well when he said he lost a little something off his fastball. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But I also think he was in the process of maybe going Jamie Moyer or somebody else and trying to reinvent. I mean, he, he recruited Marcus McMarion and was planning, I believe, in 2015 of turning McMarion loose in, in some zone read stuff and some yes, other things. Yes. I mean, I think Mike was, had he stayed, was going to find ways to reinvent and try to keep the thing uh, viable and competitive after some slippage. And there was slippage, but the slippage wasn't falling off the cliff. No, and there were a number of really good players from the, from that team that would have come back for him that, that took off or were run yeah, off, including right. Mar- McMarion. And then Richard Mullaney goes to Alabama and plays and catches a pass in the national championship game. So anyway, Olduvai, thank you for the contributions. But, you know, we, <laughs> we do occasionally let uh, where I think... 
I think the song about uh, Give Me a Home with the Buffalo Roam, there's two different versions of it, right? We grew up listening to where never is heard a discouraging word. Somebody somewhere along the way, I think, uh, an interpolator perhaps, somebody rewriting, you know, trying to fix the the text. Maybe we ought to go with seldom instead of never. (laughs) Where seldom is heard a discouraging word. Anyway, we don't have a whole lot of discouraging negative words about anything when it comes to Oregon State or coaches, personalities, players. We don't that often. But seldom is heard a discouraging word, and Dave Dave provides the uh, exception every once in a while. And here comes our dear friend. I'm glad he's working. He's a working man out there with the the leaf blower, an invention of which I despise, but the the man's wielding it well. Now, let me ask you this, though. Is it because of the motor run ones where they go, "Ah, ah," or can it be an electric one or a battery one where it's just a high tone? I prefer that. This one... No, it drives me nuts. And they... They just come right through here and do this right and outside our window. And there have been even times when, when he gets right here behind the window yeah. that I've asked him, you know, cut please, it off for stop. a moment, and they please. And look at us. And, and he looks like, you know, like, you know, I, I think this, this individual is just doing his job. And he, he doesn't know that it's a radio station trying to. No. You remember Irv Cross one time on television? Just dispatched. You remember Irv on television in some... Somebody ran onto the field in front of him or bumped into him. You remember that moment? I don't know if that's no. Googleable, YouTubeable. Probably is. Everything oh, yeah. is. Oh yeah. But Irv, Irv got a little shaken up in the moment, and st- he, and so the Packers today, Brent need to, and then they're going to try to get, and, and he gets bumped into by this random fan, and Irv is just, oh no, 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 I'm on live television. This is live television right now. <laughs> How can you do this to me? Well, and I'm trying to say to this uh, leaf blower operator, this is live radio right now, and he's just carrying or, on. Or Tom Mees, you know the classic Tom Mees, where he's, I don't remember where he was at Duke, basketball crowd around him, and they're just yeah, and they're, and they're bumping him everything, and he's getting mad, and he's fighting back. <laughs> No, I don't remember that. The late Tom Mees from ESPN. It was great. You get you, you that is YouTubeable anytime. Now we get another uh, text from. This is a different Dave. They uh, also they have often. I'm not sure what exactly he's saying, but something about sometime ran dirt races for cars, motorcycles, Baja trucks, etc. I think a short quarter mile dirt track. Like that that they have in Lebanon would be awesome to watch at the Coliseum. So that gets back to Dave saying he'd heard something about a dirt track race coming up at the Coliseum, and apparently somebody said, "Yeah, February sixth. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm wondering though, is it can does NASCAR go on dirt track? I I, I don't know what. <laughs> These are all new things to us. Ask me who Nick Diaz is. Ask who me is about Nick a dirt Diaz? track in the Coliseum. If you ask me about Howard Jones, though, I'll talk to you about the thundering herd. Let's take a quick break and come back with Nigel Burton next on 1240 Joe Radio. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. 
Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Power Motorsport September sale is going on now. You'll save on select new Kawasaki vehicles in stock. And whether it's on-road, off-road, or on the water, Power Motorsports has the Kawasaki you want in stock at the price you deserve. Going back to school is fun on a new 2021 Kawasaki Z900 RS. MSRP is $11,299. Power price is $99.99. Explore your rebellious side of fun with the 2021 Kawasaki Z125 Pro Mini Naked Motorcycle. MSRP is $32.99. Power price is $39.99. Start your ride at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. Online at PowerMotorsports.com. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already, darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Shrimp has joined the Flavor Fam at Qdoba Mexican Eats with new citrus lime shrimp. Create your own crave-worthy burrito or bowl with our sustainably sourced shrimp that's sautéed in-house and topped with whatever your flavor-loving heart desires. Or try new chef-crafted surf and turf bowl made with citrus lime shrimp, grilled steak, chili crema, and guacamole. Get it while you can, only at Qdoba. Qdoba Mexican Eats, customizable burritos, crave-worthy tacos, and three-cheese queso. Qdoba is on Monroe in Corvallis. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices, too. And students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at Futon man.com Mike Parker with John Warren. The Joe Beaver Show continues. A pleasure to welcome a, a friend for many years and certainly appreciated the work that he did when at Oregon State, and we've stayed in touch through the years. Nigel Burton, who has been swamped with stuff. I, I'm just uh, grateful that Coach Burton able to squeeze us in for a few minutes today. Nigel, it's great to touch base with you again. Thank you. Is it another busy week for you? You know, uh, Mike, first of all, uh, you know that uh, you're my guy. And I love you to death, so I always make time. Thank I you. I apologize it's taking this long. But yeah, I've been... I've been a little, I've been a little slammed with stuff, but it's good. You know, I think, I think all those years of coaching, uh, this is the only way I know how to live. <laughs> right. right. I don't know how to, like, I, I don't, I don't think I'll ever retire from anything because I, I think I don't, I won't know what to do with myself. So if I'm not kind of running around like crazy, then I don't know how to exist. Speaking of coaching, though, you're you're coaching again now and working with the legendary Ken Potter, a Jesuit, as his D coordinator. That's my understanding. How did the opportunity come about? How are you enjoying it so far? Uh, you know, my uh, my son, um, uh, 
decided to go to Jesuit, uh, and he wants to play college football and, and all those things. And so, you know, we've kind of talked about, hey, when you get in high school, you know, uh, I, I tried coaching in sixth grade, and, and the, the general rule was trying not to make the other kids cry. I was trying to do, I lasted like two, two weeks, and uh, I keep crying. I was like, okay, man, I don't think I can handle this, this, this young of age. So I said, hey, when you get to high school, you know, we can talk about it again. And, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he did well and got into Jesuit. And, and, um, and I just, you know, said, hey, coach, you know, I'd love to volunteer my time to, you know, just help with DVs, receivers, you know, just keep it light. And um, it went from that to, uh, hey, can you coach more than just DVs, uh, you know, coach receivers too? And I said, okay. And then, and then this year he said, hey, I'd like you to be the new coordinator as well. And I'm like, I mean, that's great, but this isn't exactly what I signed up for. <laughs> but, uh, um, but it's been, it's been awesome. And, um, you know, it's one of those things just as a parent, you know, not just to, you know, work with my own kid, but get to know all his friends and his teammates and, and develop personal relationships and help them achieve what they want to achieve is, uh, is, is pretty sweet and, and time will never get back. So I had to, I had to take the opportunity. Nigel, what is your son's name and what year is he in school now? What positions uh, is he playing? Yeah, so it's uh, Jace Burton, mm-hmm. and uh, he's actually born down there in Corvallis, and uh, a bunch of the, the guys who I coached <clears throat> at Oregon State in Nevada. You know, I mean, I've got pictures of of uh, you know, the late Alvin Smith and mm-hmm. and uh, Eric Williams and a bunch of, you know, my old players there that, you know, basically he fit in Alvin's hand <laughs> um, when he was born there in Corvallis. And, and um uh, you know, my guys from Nevada I remember him as a toddler, you know, kind of running around, and and now he's a sophomore in high school, and and uh, he plays he, he plays his, his his old man's position with safety and wide receiver, and uh, uh, he's 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 a pretty good little player. So we'll we'll see kind of how things work out down the road. Nigel Burton joining us. When you reference guys like Alvin and Eric and and some of those years at Oregon State, Nigel, as the Beavers get ready to go play USC, and I want to get your thoughts about the game Saturday night, but when I think about Oregon State-USC games in the era where you were here, wow, something special. The Fog Bowl, the great win in 06. What comes to mind about those games, those years, what USC as a brand was when you played them? You know, I, I... They were awesome games. You know, we it, it was pretty cool because, you know, I think there's a lot of teams out there that, you know, they talk a good game on the USC's and the Alabama's and, you know, the Texas teams, you know, and those teams come walking in. Oh, we're not scared. We, 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 we know we can compete. And, you know, uh, in the back of their minds, they're thinking, eh, well, I just think we survived this. Those teams we had was, you know, and one of my favorites is Brees, you know, the year, you know, we almost beat him in that fog bowl, and Richard Bush uh, returned that punt, and, and that was about the end of the, the, the game, and I think they beat us by eight, if I remember correctly. So the next time, they come to Corvallis, doing that pregame walkthrough over at the uh, hotel kind of in, in Albany. And as we're standing out there, it's a little cloudy, and then all of a sudden the sun, the, the sun, the sky opens up, and the sun kind of starts shining. And Alan Darwin, who was our, our middle linebacker back then, he looks at me and he goes, he looks up to the sky and he goes, good, no excuses this time. Because that was kind of the excuse that I think USC fans had made about why we kept so close, you know, two years prior. It was all fog and couldn't mm-hmm. see and da, da, da. So his, his comment was, all right, now that it's sunny, I got no excuse. 
about what we're about to do. And, uh, you know, we were up like, I don't even remember what it was, 33 to 10. And, you know, they stormed back, but we ended up winning. And, and so it was just, uh, it was one of the, that's just the attitude those guys have was we don't care who comes in here. Uh, they're just going to get beat. And with Alan Darwin, after that win, we're in the locker room. It's a full blown party because you know, everybody's so excited. We beat the number one team in the country or whatever they were three at that time. And, uh, he quiets her big down and he says, Hey, listen, if we don't beat Arizona State next week, then they're going to say we're just a fluke. Mm-hmm. This wasn't really us. And um, the very next week, we put it on Arizona State as well. And uh, that's that's who that, that's how the character of those teams. I mean, it was it was, uh, it was pretty cool to be a part of. Yeah, it certainly was, and I remember it vividly. You know, the thir- the thirty three thirty one win. You beat Arizona State thirty four to ten the next week. That team got hot and got on a great roll. Won eight of nine. Won the Sun Bowl. That's a memorable team and a memorable season. But again, part of what made it special, Coach, was that it was the Trojans who you almost knocked off in the Fog Bowl when they went they went on to win the national championship their second straight. You. You beat them in 06, and they made another run. They lost the game to UCLA, or they might have been in the title game again, but you beat them. It was special to play them and beat them. There's been a little diminishment in the aura around USC. How special, though, was that? Do you think it's good for the conference, I guess, Nigel? I'm asking if there's a bell cow like USC was in those days. Um, yeah, it's always, it's always good when you have someone who, you know, a team that's in the conference that um, people – uh, believe have you know, national championship aspirations and, and that they're realistic. And so um, <clears throat> those teams are so dominant. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's good because, you know, even though they were so much better than everybody else in the conference, we still had other good teams. And so we were buying for national championships. So then we'd go play, you know, uh, I remember my second year at Oregon State, yeah, we, were, we were above average. We were a good football team, but we weren't as good as we ended up being down the road. And, um, you know, we go to LSU and we, we were defending national champs and almost beat them. And, and so, you know, as much as parity is something that we talk about in the conference now and, and does that help or hurt us, um, we had a lot of parity back then in the conference, but we had elite teams as well. And so it, it's, it's always great to have um, that one team who can kind of shine a light on the conference and then the rest of us have to make sure we take care of business in, in non-conference games to show that we have depth. And so... Um, I think that's what made that special, and, and I think you know those are the things that, that we have to make sure we get back to in the conference. What were those keys, Nigel, for the program that you were part of when Mike came back and you were part of his original staff and built towards the ability to beat SC in 06, and they got him again, number one in the country in 08, and challenged for the conference title, back-to-back years, bowl games, wins and bowls. What was happening then, Nigel, in the recruiting world and all of that, uh, that, that can, it, can it in this era happen again? Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I I think we spent an inordinate amount of time on two things that were critical. I think evaluation and not just worrying about stars and who else is recruiting you, but, you know, who fits what we do? You know, I mean, I I think back to, you know, Brandon Hughes was a guy who was maybe a little stiff and, you know, he was fast and he didn't have the greatest, you know, ball skills at the time coming out of high school, but he fit what we did um, as a corner. And Keenan Lewis, you know, long guy, same thing. You know, I, I don't know how many teams who played off man would really care, you know, as your backbone. But since we were a press team, he fit exactly what we wanted. And so 
you know, we, we, we spent a bunch of time watching film and evaluating and making sure guys fit. And then from there, it was about player development. And we were really good at developing players. Um, you know, they were able to focus in Corvallis on their skill. Uh, they run, you know, they run a whole lot of clubs. I mean, I think it was platinum. That was about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they, they would wake up Saturday mornings and go throw you know, in the off season. And they would, they would work on their skill. And, and we, that's what we did a really good job of. Um, you know, and if you go back, I mean, you know, Washington was not Washington. Mm-hmm. So the Washington in the last couple of years, they were down back then. You know, there were there were some programs that weren't what they are now. And so I think that was helpful um, and and things. You know, could it happen again? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think what Jonathan's doing right now kind of takes that same recipe that we had back then in terms of finding guys who fit your, your, your scheme and what you're trying to do. Um, have the right character, and then develop them. Um, and, uh, and so I see some similarities there that uh, hopefully will pay off the same dividends. Nigel Burton joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Nigel, what about USC now and its situation as it's described? And Clay finally, they finally, I mean, they pulled the trigger on Clay and he was out, and Dante Williams goes up and gets a huge win against Washington State with Jackson Dart. Now Dart status is questionable and all of that. I look, I mean, does Oregon State have a legitimate opportunity, in your view, even though it's still USC and it's at the Coliseum, to maybe go down there and break a 61-year losing streak in that building? Yeah, I mean, anything is possible. And um, they're obviously playing well, but, but uh, you know, again, they, they, you know, they stubbed their show against Stanford. Um, and you look at the Beavers, man, the way the Beavers, and I got a chance to call that game mm-hmm. last week against Idaho, and granted, it was Idaho. Idaho is not your typical FCS defensive line. They have some big old dudes. They probably have two guys that are going to play on in the NFL. And the Bees manhandled them, um, including their star uh, linebacker, Trey Watson. And you know, that, that's a guy who's going to play on Sundays, and he was non-existent in that game. And so um, you know, if they can control the line of scrimmage, if they can uh, run the football with efficiency like they, like they did, uh, in both games against Hawaii and and, uh, and Idaho, and, and and they don't have to run the same way. They just have to be able to keep some balance. And I love Chance Nolan. I think that dude um, has the ability to beat you with his arm. He, he's shown this this uh, this ability to throw the deep ball that we've seen the last couple of weeks, but also can beat you with his legs. Uh, I just think that. Uh, uh, they have a heck of a shot to go down there and, uh, and upset the Trojans. Nigel, what about on the other side and your the area that you played and coached at such a high level for so long and the Beavers' secondary, what you're seeing from those guys and dealing with Graham Harrell and the air raid and whether it's Slovis or Dart and Drake Lund, and they got a bunch of guys. So what are the Beavers up against and what have you seen from the guys in the Beavers' secondary that makes you think, hey, they, they can find a way to maybe slow that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the Bees right now are so much more athletic than they've been the last couple of years. You know, I think Austin out there at the corner spot. Um, I love Alton Julian. I think he's he, – they, they start, they're starting to remind me of, of who we were. Um, I think for a couple of, you know, probably the last five or six years, you look at them defensively and they were always a step slow and uh, or, or too small or – or, um, or didn't seem to really know what they were doing defensively. And so guys aren't fitting correctly. They weren't able to tackle in space and all these things. And so I'm seeing a defense that seems to have a better understanding of what they're doing and uh, are much more uh, rangy and athletic. And so, you know, uh, Jaden Grant hasn't even had a, a breakout game. We know he's a playmaker. And so 
I think they have a chance now. They got some dudes at SC. They got some big old dudes who can go get it. And so this is going to be the biggest test, obviously, that they've had up to this point um, during the year. And so uh, I think it's the same thing. Man. It's critical that uh, you know that they limit big plays. I think that's the biggest thing. And and you're not going to stop this passing attack because they just win it too much and they got too many guys. What's critical, and back when we used to play Wazoo and we played well against Washington State and they had a similar system back in the day, was, look, they're going to make their catches. It's not a big deal. You have to keep it in front of you, and you have to tackle well in space. they got to make sure that when they make the catch, they go straight down. And if those things happen, you give yourself a chance because it's not an offense that's really designed to just march down the field. That's not what they do. They dink, they dink you, and they dunk you, and they dunk you, and then all of a sudden – you miss a tackle, and because it's in space, the guy goes yard. And so if you can just keep it to where, like, nope, you're only getting five yards, and now you got four, and then you get an incompletion, and now you get three, and we're off the field, if you can do those things, you give yourself a chance to win. A few more minutes with uh, Nigel Burton joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Pulling back from USC a little bit in the game specifically Saturday night, and thank you for your breakdown of, of all of that. In the big picture, Coach, what do you – what do you think USC should do, will do, with that head coaching vacancy? <laughs> That's a million-dollar question. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've got no clue, man. <laughs> i got no clue what they're <laughs> going to do. I think um, you know, the, the moment Urban Meyer went to the NFL and, and it didn't seem like the, the, the SC, um, the powers that be, really wanted to go in that direction, you know, kind of this win-at-all-cost kind of thing. Um, I'm going to be really curious. Now, I, I don't really know. I think you have to have somebody at that place. I don't think you need a great recruiter because I mean, the SCU tells itself. You know, it's it's a it's a great institution and a great part of the country and the media capital of the world. You need somebody you know that develop players. You need somebody who can uh, grab the respect of those guys and make sure that they compete consistently. And that's what Pete Carroll was able to do. Those guys competed every day in practice and they competed in games. And if at any point somebody got comfortable, they got the job snatched mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was another four or five star guy there that was waiting. And I think they kind of got away from that. Maybe, you know, I, there were some protected guys and no matter how many times they messed up, you know, they were able to, you know, or didn't show up to things or, or whatever it was, they were able to keep their job. And I think that that hurt them in terms of consistency. So if they did those things, you know, I think they'll be right back where they've been in terms of always competing for a Pac-12 or a national title. Coach, I, you know, I call you coach and always have thought of you in those terms. Are you enjoying being back in it now, doing what you're doing? And do you, do you have an eye, a heart, an aspiration to, to, to ramp that back up maybe when Jace is done with his career there and get back into the full full fray again as a coach? Oh, you know what? I, I got my kid. I'm a baby girl. So she was born in Nevada when we were, we were there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I've had some, some, some teams in the Pac-12 reach out, and, and it, was, uh, it was an honor because you know, there's some guys I still coach, you know, who I coached with who, still in the conference and I guess they still like me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Otherwise they would have passed my name along. But um, you know, I, I love coaching and, and even though I mean I, I'm coaching at the high school level right now, I was still, you know, coaching my kids' middle school basketball teams and, you know, coaching their, you know, different things and, and it doesn't really matter. You know, it, it, it's the same thing. You know, you're still competitive and you're still trying to put them in positions to, to win and get better. And so um you know, so we'll see. 
I mean, I, I, I miss the kids, uh, but I'm, I'm getting that again now. So we'll mm-hmm. see what ends up happening. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's something that's just in my blood, and yeah. um, I'll be doing something. I know that because it's just if I'm not coaching, I'd be teaching. So, where will you be this weekend? What's your assignment with the Pac-12? Uh, I am at Utah, so I'm flying to Salt Lake City. So we we got a, a big game uh, Friday night against Westview, and uh, they got uh, the grief. They got a receiver offered by Alabama and USC. Wow, quarterback offered by Florida State. I'm about to. Uh, yeah, I'm. 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 I, there's a reason I lost all my hair, Mike. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of those deals. Um, and then I'll jump on a plane and I head to Utah as uh, Washington State travels to Utah this weekend. We got the pregame show, so uh, I'll be there and and uh, having fun with my man Nick Aliotti, who's uh, known as a duck, but he would be for a second parent. Well, yes. And, uh, yes. And then uh, and Ashley Adamson. So I'll, I'll be there at the Pac-12 Network this weekend. Okay. Well, we thank you for making time for us, Nigel. Great to talk to you again. I hope we can do it when your schedule permits later in the year. Thanks for taking time for the show, as always. We appreciate you, Nigel. Thank you. Of course. You know it, Mike. Thanks a lot, Coach. Nigel Burton, our guest, will break. Good stuff, uh, as always, breaking it down and you know, I like the. I think he kind of likes the Beavers' chances, John. I mean, it, again, it, sounds like it. You know, we talk about sixty-one years. It's not they haven't played and lost sixty straight. No, twenty-four though. <laughs> Only yeah, twenty-four. The overall series numbers are terrible. But I feel, again, just given the storylines and where the Beavers are. And if they can get this one, if the Beavs can find a way to get that big, you know, gorilla off their back, the 60-year-old yeah. gorilla, whatever, yeah. win, come home 3-1, and one, with the Huskies and Cougs up next and things that are going on within those, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm starting to allow myself, and even if you don't win Saturday, the old Denison, it's not make or, no, this game does not make or break the season either way, but a win feels like it puts you in a path potentially to have, you know, that breakthrough year where you're kind of oh, yeah. making yourself oh, a yeah. legitimate factor again. It changes everything. And <clears throat> now you know where you can go and right. win. You know you can what you yep. think you can do at home. Right. And you, you clamor for that first game of the year back. Lost opportunity. This is the Joe Beaver Show, and yesterday we had the pleasure of visiting with the golf coach, men's golf coach, John Rehorn, about the latest uh, accomplishment for one of his players, a freshman out of West Salem High School, Brandon Iyer. And Brandon, the winner of the Husky Invitational, will join us next, and then we'll hear a little bit after the conversation with Brandon from head football coach Jonathan Smith on this Thursday afternoon on 1240 Joe Radio. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. 
shrimp has joined the flavor fam at Qdoba Mexican Eats with new citrus lime shrimp. Create your own crave-worthy burrito or bowl with our sustainably sourced shrimp that's sautéed in-house and topped with whatever your flavor-loving heart desires. Or try new chef-crafted surf and turf bowl made with citrus lime shrimp, grilled steak, chili crema, and guacamole. Get it while you can, only at Qdoba. Qdoba Mexican Eats, customizable burritos, crave-worthy tacos, and three-cheese queso. Qdoba is on Monroe in Corvallis. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices, too. And students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at futon-man.com. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Drops back a few steps, looking downfield, winds up, throws long, down the middle of the field, intercepted! Trey Johnson, this time he gets it. Catch Corvallis High School Football on the airwaves this Friday as the Spartans host Central. Presented by Albin's Plumbing and Independent Auto Works. Pre-game starts at 6.30 with kickoff at 7 on 1240 Joe Radio. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, John Warren on the Joe Beaver Show. We visited with head coach John Rehorn yesterday, learned quite a bit about Brandon in light of Brandon's victory at the Husky Invitational in his first start, just goes out and wins a tournament. That's all there is to it. No pressure there. Yeah, like they say, like the character Robert Wool, I believe, in Bull Durham says, as Nuke Lelouch, Tim Robbins throwing strikes and Wool is just in the dugout. Ah, easy game. Yeah, easy game. Just an easy game. Mm-hmm. Keep saying that. Made me laugh when I saw it. It ain't easy. Throwing strikes, making a putt to win, a four-footer to win it. None of that's easy, but it, it sounds as though Brandon kind of made it look easy throughout mm-hmm. the victory at Husky Invi- the Husky Invitational. 
this past uh, the past couple of days, and it's a pleasure to welcome the pride of West Salem High School. Talking a lot about that lately with Anthony Gould mm -hmm. making a big splash the other day, as did Brandon Iyer, kind enough to join us on the Joe Beaver Show. Brandon, welcome to the program. Congratulations. Wow, what, what was it like to go out on your first start and get a win? Thank you. It's uh, It was an unreal feeling. It's still, still hard to believe. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just unreal. It feels great. <laughs> How much pressure did you have, especially in the final round? Well, I mean, I did feel a lot of pressure. I, I, I tried to not set expectations for myself going out there. I kind of just told myself to, to hit fairways and hit greens, and if putts drop, then they'll drop. And that's kind of what I did. I went out there, and I just – Try to hit it down the middle and just happened, and then some stuff went right. I acquired a lot of the hard par threes, which is good. And I didn't make a lot of putts at the start, which it was a little frustrating, but I just tried to keep my composure and keep moving forward and see what happened. Brandon, going in in practice rounds and so on with the start of the season and the first event of the year for the team, could you see something coming? Were you feeling pretty good about your overall game? Or did, in this sense, did you even, when you say it's unreal, did you even surprise yourself a little bit by how well you played consistently through the whole tournament? Yeah, I think I, I think I did. I, I mean, it's just like, it is unreal. And I, it's just, I can't really even explain it. It's, I was going in. I didn't, I didn't have any expectations. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily think I was going to win just the last day. I was, Going in, I, I knew I, I was close, and the last couple of holes, I, I knew I was in there, and just I needed some, some good pars coming in, and that's, that's all I did. I mean, and then I happened to be on top, so it felt good. Do you prefer to not know? Do you prefer to play and, and not know your, your positioning? Um, sometimes, yeah. I, I knew going in that I had a one-shot lead with four holes left. I knew that I was at when I was at nine, and a couple other guys were at eight. I knew that pars would probably do it, um, so that was nice to know. But I think before the round or during, like midway in the round, it would have been. I didn't really want to know where I was at because might have been might have tried to do something I didn't need to do. So knowing the last couple holes was nice that I needed to just hit greens and make two putts. But that's yeah. Do you have the opportunity and or ability to pull your phone out and get on golfstat.com and see anytime you want? Yeah, you do out there on the course. You can, you get a check because there's some people doing live scoring and stuff like that. So yeah, you get a check and get little updates here and there. Sometimes I make sure I don't check so I don't put too much pressure on myself. <laughs> but yeah, right. Where do you go from here? How do you face the week ahead and getting ready to go to, uh, to Notre Dame? I mean, you you don't put any pressure on yourself moving forward, do you? Because it doesn't sound like Coach Rehorn is. No, I think I just treat it like any other week. I mean, it's, it's good confidence going in, winning the last one. But going into this week, I think I'm going to just treat it like any other tournament. I'm going to try not to set many expectations for myself. Go out there and try and hit fairways and greens and make some putts and see what happens again. How fun is it for you now to be in a position where you're getting on planes and you're you're golfing in Washington, you're golfing in, at Notre Dame, and, and instead of the high school route, how different is that for you? And uh, do you enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. It's it's a different different experience for sure because 
the most competitive golf I'd been playing before this was just junior golf and other men event, men's events, just solo events and individual events. But now you're, it's different. You're traveling with the team and you're spending a lot of time with them and you're practicing with them. And it gives you a different perspective on golf because some four footers, you're not necessarily just putting for yourself. You're putting for a team and trying to make those for the team and for the team score. And that's really what it's about. So it's a different feeling and I like it. It's, it's really cool. Brandon Iyer joining us, winning in his first start, the Husky Invitational. Brandon, you touched on that right there that John Rehorn, your coach, brought up yesterday. The team aspect is very important to you, and it sounds like to all of the guys collectively, you finish third as a team, you win the individual title, but tell us how important that the team is to you and how excited you were for the team's success and looking forward to more of that this uh, fall and next spring. Yeah, I I think the team part is for sure the most important part. It would have been, it would have been awesome to win the team event rather than just the individual. Mm-hmm. I think now that it's so different and you're, you're practicing together and you spend so much time, it's almost like a little family and you, sh- you want, you want the whole family to win, not just you. Right. And so it, it's, uh, it's, it's cool to, to play out there for a team rather than just yourself. And, it's, it's very enjoyable, and it's, it makes you work harder, and it, it pushes everyone's pushing each other as a team out there. It's, it's great. John, you also experienced, and Coach Rehorn mentioned this. I said, John, Brandon, uh, John yesterday mentioned that you were a multi-sport athlete at West Salem and growing up and experienced a lot of team sports. So does that play into your thinking about how special that kind of experience can be? Was playing other sports and team sports helpful to you, even in, in the what we consider traditionally as more of an individual sport as golf is? Yeah, for sure. I, I grew up playing football and basketball, and I obviously very team, I team sports. You're out there on a court with five people, or out there on a field with 10 other people, and you're playing for each other. And that's that's really my trying to change my mindset to, to golf now. I mean, like I said, I'm out there hitting four footers for the team, not just myself. So I think it gives you a different mindset, different grit out there. When you're grinding, maybe you miss a green and you got to get up and down for par. It's, you're not necessarily just getting up and down for yourself. You you don't want to lose lose a stroke for the team. So I think it definitely benefits me a lot that I, I grew up playing those other sports because I, I feel like I'm, I'm playing for someone else, not just myself, which is, I think it helps me out there on the course to, to grind mentally and buckle down in tough situations. And even physically, I just wonder, as different as those disciplines are and the, the techniques and things you need to learn for all three sports that you talk about, football, basketball, and golf, utterly different. But yeah. uh, there are some things yeah. that are translatable, though, that being a football player and being a basketball player, just being an athlete, help you with golf. Yeah, it does, for sure. I, I remember in high school, my... Uh, high school coach for football, Coach Stanley, he, the first time I met with him when I was a freshman, he, he had me lay down on the ground and he, it's called a pretzel stretch where you're stretching like three different ways and I couldn't even do it. I, I couldn't even like go, I couldn't even do the stretch and I remember right after that I started doing it and it, I think just that even helped my golf game a little because it helped with rotation and all that stuff. So I think all the workouts for, for football and all the conditioning for basketball, I think it, it does translate a lot to golf just both mentally and physically. You also mentioned it, it's on your bio at osubeavers.com under the category hobbies. The first one listed, I think, is running. So 
Have you, has that been something that you've done and, and to be in the best shape and condition where maybe other sports played into that a little bit, but how does running as a hobby help you in your sport now? I think it's just a little bit like, uh, yeah, it does keep me in shape a little bit. It's also just something I enjoy. I mean, keeps my mind going and it's relaxing and yeah, it might help down the, down the structure, especially on the, uh, the 36 whole days when I'm kind of pushed on the last nine might help with the conditioning a little bit. Yeah. Somebody just texted us. I haven't had a chance to look it up in your bio, but is it true? You had a 4.31 grade point average coming out of high school. <laughs> Yeah, I did. How, how do you get point three one? That's it's that's weighted. Uh, it's when you take AP classes or honor classes, they and you get good grades in those. They they weight it to more than a a four point oh. And uh, you you got to be pretty smart. So <laughs> what's beyond golf? Yeah, what are you stud- What are you planning on studying? You're just embarking on that now as a student at Oregon State. Yeah, I just started business, so uh, I'm majoring in accounting at the school business at Oregon State, which I'm very excited about. Uh, with a hope to work for one of the big four? What's that? With, <laughs> with a hope and aspiration to work for one of the big four? Oh, yeah, maybe maybe someday, yeah. Right. After a long, prosperous career in the sport of golf, now, yes, all you got to do is go out and Hopefully. win again. Now, yeah, you know that's all you got to do. Yeah. So no, yeah. but hey, Brandon, it's a, it's a, a awesome accomplishment on your part. I'm glad that that you're enjoying it, even if it doesn't feel quite real. I hope you've been enjoying it in the aftermath, yeah, and really excited for you, proud of you. Thanks for taking time for us, and we hope we can stay in touch through your career at Oregon State. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks, Thanks Brandon. Brandon Iyer, our guest. Good and kid. we'll close with a little football from Jonathan. <laughs> You've got the T.J. Mathewson was out at practice, and today's the day. Jonathan opens on Monday. The routine is set now. Presser on Monday in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room. Then offensive players, coaches on Tuesday. Flip it over to defense on Wednesday, and then it's back to Jonathan on Thursday. And the next time we'll hear from Jonathan will be with yours truly in the pregame show at about – 7:15 Saturday night from the LA Memorial Coliseum but Jonathan oh, had hold on, hold on. Yeah, let me know. I'm just give me the you give me the signal now and, and just I think it works now. Yell attention as loud as you can when uh, when they show up. You ready? Attention. Yeah. We got Jonathan Smith. Well, how's your week of practice? Yeah, here we go. Uh, you know, I thought these guys were working hard. Um, you know, the weather is pretty good. Uh, not not a lot changed week to week in regards to you know, how we're preparing, the amount of time we're spending, uh, things like that. I think these guys have been focused in and understand the challenge that they're headed toward. Um, but I think they've prepped well so far. On the game notes, it says that Oregon State has not won on the road in L.A. against USC since 1960. Is that intimidating to see that stat or hear it? You know, it's not a great stat for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it all comes down to these 60 minutes we're going to be able to play on Saturday. Uh, nothing that's happened before that has effect on these, in, on this game, and that's what our mentality's been with our guys. And uh, again, going back to our approach and getting locked in for this week's opponent, and knowing that whoever plays the best is going to win. Do you think anything has changed in your time here, entering Pac-12 play? Like, do you notice a difference with your team, with your guys, mentality heading into Pac-12 play? I think yeah, we're more confident than maybe year one when I was here. At the same time, I think they're well aware how hard it is to win in this league, especially on the road. 
but I think there's a confidence that comes from our leadership that they're, you know, a veteran group. They've been down these roads before, um, and where we're at currently, feel like if we play well, we got a great chance to win. No update on uh, on Gums. Uh, you know, Tajan will play. Coletta will play. Um, trying to think if there was anyone else that got. Yeah. Sounded uh, like you were uh, piping in some crowd noise. Yeah, you know, anytime we go on the road games, we feel like uh, we're going to put in some some crowd noise for the offense, and we do that, like I say, each time we go on the road. From your experience, uh, where does the Coliseum rank as far as noise? Oh, it's in there. I mean, you know, there's probably a couple of stadiums in the league get a little bit louder more consistently. Um, but at the same time, Coliseum, historic place, beautiful setting, um, and our and there'll be good energy in that in that stadium. Do you think that your players still embrace sort of an underdog mentality that is USC big mighty USC? I mean, I I don't know if it's an underdog mentality. I think that they know that we got to play with some grit and uh, not back down to anybody. But also, we're respecting everybody we play. Game plan wise, report came out saying that Dart didn't practice again for a second consecutive day yesterday. How do you prepare going into that game not knowing who that quarterback's going to be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just try to prepare for all options. Um, you know, the, the scheme offensively, we don't see it drastically changing depending on quarterback. Uh, there's they, Each of them got a unique skill set, and, and really, they got some good quarterbacks in general. And so we know that uh, that's going to be a challenge. Chance at quarterback. Obviously, he only got a couple games last year to get kind of that Pac-12 experience. How excited is he to get the full go ahead, the real deal this season? Yeah, I think he's looking forward to it. You know, he's from Southern California. Uh, he's played pretty well the last couple of weeks. Understands that you know this this team we're playing, they can create some havoc on the quarterback. Um, and he's got to be you know smart with the ball, but he's looking forward to going to compete. A bunch of guys from Southern California. Obviously, last year didn't have fans. Is there some excitement? Maybe some families are going to come out and see that? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that's always great part of college football is that you know, guys go back to close to their hometown or their hometown, and they get a bunch of family and friends there to watch them. Uh, they're looking forward to that. In practice, does Chance continue to show you that he's your number one guy? Yeah, he does. He, you know, he's practiced really well. Um, you know, he's gotten more reps being the number one guy. Uh, we feel good. And I thought Sam Neuer played really well yesterday in practice in particular. Um, so we're confident that, that he'll be ready to go if called upon. Jebby getting healthier? No, he's not any closer. Uh, so. You guys get the win down in L.A. You enter October being 3-1. and one. What does that mean for this team going forward? Again, yeah, I, we got to get that win to be able to talk about that. I mean, look, we're, we're, we're headed into a conference season now done with non-conference, first game of the conference, and, and we're trying to go get a win. Thanks. Well, there you go. <laughs> Wrapping up the day. You have a full day tomorrow, don't you? Tell me what's on your plate tomorrow, Nigel. Oh, I mean, John. It's a busy day, isn't it? <laughs> well, like the every, morning day, show. every day, get up at 3.30. Arrive here at 4. Do the morning show and talk for three hours. Right. And then uh, try to sit in my chair for 20 minutes. But no, people will have to come in and talk to me and make me or occasionally when I've seen you, I've walked in at certain times and actually seen you every once in a while. The sit nap does work. Sitting in a chair, closing the eyes. Does that actually help once in a while? Yeah. If I'm tired enough, I actually will dream. I'll sleep dream. 
in 30 minutes. And that helps, though, right? A that little could, bit. Okay. And then uh, put together and with TJ and, and conduct this show. Right. And then come back and run the high school game tomorrow night. What do you got tomorrow? Now, I'm glad that I gave that up two right. years ago to Josh and now mm-hmm. TJ as far as going there. Right. So I can come into the studio and run it and have fun doing a studio show. Central at Corvallis tomorrow night. Okay. TJ will have the call. TJ will have the call. By the way, Central is, in Independence, a great program. Their facilities are so nice. Uh, I can't remember the name of the athletic director, if he's still there. Great guy, and it's always fun to go up there. I was I was calling games when Marlon, how do you say his last name, Tua Sosopo for USC. was, And his brother's playing now. Was still playing. His brother's mm-hmm. there. Tuli Poloto, uh, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, right around the time that uh, Talanoa was at, at uh, Crescent Valley. And it's a fun place to see it. But this, can, it, this game is going to be at, uh, at Corvallis tomorrow night. And um, so that'll be into the evening now. Thank goodness for the night game. Yes. Night road games aren't, aren't I know. That night bad. road games are not objectionable to, to no, people. No, now, they always, they, they always talk about bad it's bad for road teams because the players are sitting around in a hotel room all day long. What would you think about that? Well, there is something there. I get it. But but I'm just telling you, Johnny, that when we went back to the big house and to the shoe, both of those years, those games, and even Camp Randall, those games were dreadfully early. I'm sorry. I, I prefer the model that we're going with both in West Lafayette and in Los Angeles, just from my own preference to actually be able to wake up and without rushing and get out and get out into the community, see the city a little bit, walk on the campus if you can in some of those other markets in particular. And so Saturday, uh, I may even get up early enough. I hope to get we're four miles from a beach. I'm not, I can't remember the name of the beach. I made an inquiry last night. I called, the hotel we'll be staying at. And the poor person at the front desk, I just simply asked, what's the nearest beach? She said, I'll look it up for you. And I said, well, I can do that. I kind of said, well, I can do that. And I've done that. When I look up beach, you know, by your yeah. hotel, I, I'm directed to Venice or Santa Monica, 30 minutes away. I said, you're closer to the beach than that. Well, let me look it up. And I felt like saying, don't you know? You know, do you know? Why do we got to look it up? I mean, you work at the LAX, uh, yeah, the Westin. I mean, you know. I know the LA. I told her, I said, I body surf and I see planes flying over. I I know I'm not far from LAX when I'm body surfing even Marina Del Rey. And I think you're closer, aren't you? And she, again, just, yeah, uh, I'll, look, I'll it look it up for you. And put me on hold, came back and said, hey, we got a beach that's four miles from here. Call but, Maddie and ask him. But I know. just felt like. Know that. Know kind of where you are and know your own life. John, have a great time tomorrow. And go Beavs. I'll talk to you again from Los Angeles Saturday night. Roll tape, please. Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.